pregnant because of XYZ factors. So um, yeah, it's a very interesting space in that like preconception, trying to conceive beginning stage, um, just because there's like no information out there about how to get to your goal, but then also what to do when it's not working. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we speak with Jessica Lamb about her podcast and what really started to inspire her about learning the baby making process before she was even trying to conceive. Before this episode begins, I just want to say thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast. I also want to let you know about one of our official affiliates of the podcast, which is the Made for Mama shop. This shop was started by a mom named Mindy, who is just absolutely amazing. She'll be coming on the podcast in a few weeks to share a story and everything, but this shop has adorable mugs with uplifting quotes specifically for mamas and what I love the most about these mugs is they have the quotes written on both sides they also have this cute speckled pattern on some of them which I just absolutely love the shop just has so many more items for you to check out follow the link in the show notes and use the code motherhood 10 to save 10% off today and with that let's get this episode started Hello, and welcome to the Entering Motherhood podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today and get this conversation started. So how about you start off by introducing yourself? Sure. My name is Jessica Lamb, and I am the host of the Baby Making Podcast. Um, I live here in the Chicagoland suburbs with uh, my husband and our two dogs, Winston and Rihanna. Um, my husband owns a CrossFit gym and, um, so we're pretty dedicated to our community. And then, um, I work in project management for a large health system. Cool. So yeah, I really want to jump into your podcast and why you got it started and what that journey has been like and why ultimately you were so interested in the baby making process without being a mom yet. So what was that all like? Yeah, so I um, have been fascinated by the world of pregnancy and parenthood, motherhood, um, babies forever. All of my past jobs as like a young person, I started at like 13 working at a church nursery of one of my family members. So every Sunday, me and one of my cousins and my sister worked there for a short time. We'd go and there were like kids of all ages. So it was like little tiny newborns or like four-year-olds. So um, that was my first job working with kids. And I've always loved working with kids. I, I worked in a daycare in all the different rooms, but my favorite rooms were the newborn and infant room. I was a nanny for like 10 years. I originally planned to go to nursing school to work in labor and delivery. Once I finished my pre-nursing classes, I was like, I don't think this is for me. But my like 
desire to, my interest and desire to learn more about pregnancy and parenthood and raising kids and all of like the ins and outs of all of it was still um, like top of mind for me. So I'm like the person that wants to ask the pregnant person at the party like everything about your pregnancy and what you're planning and I just have a genuine interest in it and I think it's kind of a taboo topic for people who do not have children to be asking a lot of questions or have a lot of interest in it because it's like oh what do you are you are you trying to ask certain reason or whatever it might be and no I'm just nosy and want to know and I'm interested after probably a year of going back and forth about it, I decided to start the podcast, the baby making podcast. And my goal with it in the beginning was just to be like, have on whoever. It was a lot of family and friends in the beginning um, to ask them about their birth stories and their experiences. And everybody who I interviewed in like maybe the first 10 episodes were close family or friends of mine whose stories of like pregnancy and birth and like their family experience are things that I had never known about or just knew a small amount about. And I really wanted to, as I kept going, I really wanted to create a platform where like people could share their stories from start to finish or like start to where they are now and ongoing. Just because I feel like we don't allow people to share their full story in a regular sense. So I I did want to create a a space where People could tell their stories from beginning to end. And then naming the podcast was very difficult for me. I probably I have a spreadsheet still of like all of the names I had thought of. I landed on the baby making podcast because I thought it would be catchy. And the meaning behind it is that there's a lot of different ways to make a family or make a, a baby come into your world, whether it's through pregnancy or surrogacy, foster care, step parenting, whatever it might be. So my my focus going into the last year, frankly, knew nothing about podcasting and probably still don't, but um, I started getting overwhelmed with like all of the things that I wanted to hear about or learn about. So what I started doing this year was a series format where we take a month, we focus on a specific topic, and I try to hit as many different perspectives of those topics as I can. I'm doing like something that's like pregnancy and baby specific one month and then the next month it's like geared towards older kids or parenthood. So kind of doing a mix so that um, not everyone is in the baby phase or not everyone has older children. So kind of hitting places where like you can tune into the podcast when it's interesting for you and and when it's not, you could you can come back later. But yeah, so my goal is really to give people a space where they can share their full story and I can ask the questions I've always been wondering about or wanting to know about that I feel like a lot of people have, but there's no like perfect context to ask some of these questions. So, um, so yeah, I've been loving it so far. I've learned a lot and, um, yeah, I'm excited for, for the rest of this year. Yeah. I think, you know, exactly like you said, it's kind of that, taboo or you know it's kind of like those unspoken things if you're asking is there a reason why you're asking are you pregnant are you like trying you know it's kind of one of those things where you don't know are you allowed to ask these questions is it okay to ask these questions and also sometimes I feel like it's one of those things where 
well, I'm not even in that phase of life. So why would I even dig into that? Like I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. And I think with parenting, with motherhood specifically, it's just one of those things like why are we not diving in deeper before we get to that stage? Why is it not something that's more common that we're talking about? And how you were saying, you know, with like friends or family, you know, maybe they've had a baby, but you didn't. And so they are not sure, do they want to hear about my birth story? Do they want to hear about like the struggles of motherhood? You know, I think it's one of those things where we're just kind of unsure. So it's just left off the table. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I think, um, and it, like I said before, a lot of the people I was interviewing in the beginning were family and friends who I feel like I knew their story until I asked them to come on and talk about it for others that I was like, oh, wow, I really didn't know this entire story. So I think you're right that people don't know if they want to share or who they want to share with. And um, then, it just, like you said, just goes unsaid. Yeah. And I think it's also another one of those things where, you know, if we're not taking the time to listen to somebody's story or really figure out like what was going on or even like see that perspective we can kind of be clueless on how to interact with a new mom or how to really be there for somebody in our life that is in the baby making process. And I think that's also something that's kind of like not touched on. Before I was a mom, I was kind of in my own little world and perspective of how you interact with a baby around their parents or, you know, what kind of questions you ask and things like that. And after becoming a parent myself, it's like, well, I can't believe I did that. Or like, you know, like, wow, like that mom was really going through a lot. And I had no idea because it's, it's a whole new stage of life. It's a whole new process that, you know, before you're in it, you can't really comprehend it, but we can learn from each other before we get to that stage. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that I found was that a lot of people, like you're just getting through the stage that you're getting through. And I'm I'm like a big researcher. So when um, I wanted more information about preconception and like how to get your body ready and, and what things you need to do to be like optimal, there's not a lot out there. And I feel like once people get pregnant, it's like, why am I, why would I share about the trying to conceive portion of things? Like I got to the end result, I have this baby and then you have your baby, you're past your birth, you're past your birth, you're past your pregnancy and like onto this new phase. So I think it's just um, like life gets cyclical, but we fail to ask people to share about their experience. And um, I think I realized that when I was looking at more like trying to conceive um, or like preconception planning, um, I did a whole like series on it just because I feel like that is like the most taboo topic to talk about. If like you maybe you're not planning on having a kid right away, but you want to know how to be optimal or you want to know what you're going into. And there's like no information because I feel like people just you were trying to conceive, you figured out whatever you needed to figure out and then you had your baby. So I think there's like there's always these weird like middle spaces for like the big researchers like me who are like, all right, so I have all this information and now I have a million questions. What do I do with all of this? So yeah, I think I think we don't know what to ask a lot of times. And like you said, before you're in the life stage, like you have no idea what that person's going through or what to 
ask or how to help. I know that's a big thing of like new moms who are like, I just want to take a shower or I just want to talk to an adult. (laughs) So I think um, people struggle to know what people want to help, but I think they struggle to know how. And so um, that's what I kind of love about some of the episodes that we've done for the podcast, uh, the baby making podcast so far in that I'm hoping it gives people like a window into that life stage. So you could be like, all right, how can I help a little bit more? Or maybe I'll keep my opinions to myself at this time. Or um, this person is has a teenager. Maybe I'll just send them a Starbucks gift card to be like, I don't know what you're going through, but I know it's tough. So grab some coffee on me. So I'm I'm hopeful that when people come on and share their stories and their perspective, it'll, like you said, it'll be easier for people to be like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I'm going to do this different instead. Or um, here's what I could be doing more for this person I care about. So yeah, I mean, for us, like before we had our first daughter, it was basically just do everything to not get pregnant. <laughs> like we're not trying to have a baby right now. So like, let's figure out how not to make a baby. And then once we were like, okay, like I think, you know, we're ready to try and everything. I remember going to the OB and I was like, what do I need to do like do I need to be checked or should I like you know what I mean like I was genuinely just curious you know is my body okay to have a baby and it was just like yeah like of course like you know they kind of looked at me like I had five heads or something like it was just like a a crazy question to them and they just kind of gave me uh oh like you know there's gonna be a time in your cycle when you're ovulating and try to have sex every day or every other day during that time frame. And that was pretty much the extent of go at it and, and we'll, we'll see you when you have a baby, like, or like, we'll see you when you have like a positive pregnancy test. And then even then it was, you get the positive test and they're like, okay, we won't see you for another eight or nine weeks. And and then you're just kind of in, you're in the dark. Like you, you pee on the stick sometimes as early as like three, four weeks. And then you're just, waiting and waiting and waiting until that first appointment. And even then that could feel like forever. Yeah. And that's one of the things um, that kind of pushed me into starting the podcast. I had a very, very weird experience with a doctor at an, at an OB practice. I was on birth control as a teenager. It really screwed me up. I was on a couple of different ones and it just like really messed with my form. I was like a completely different person. So um, I got off of that in my early 20s and haven't had any issues since. And so I was not on birth control and we used the family planning method. I did, like I said, I'm a big researcher. I did so much research that I like feel like I could take a test on it if I had to. But we did the family planning method and I wound up going to my like regular appointment um, and I had said, we're not ready yet, but thinking about maybe having a baby during this time frame, um, we'll be getting married this date, so maybe after. And um, the doctor had asked me what type of birth control I was using. So I explained I was using the family planning method. I've been using it for like a decade now. and um, her response was like pretty shocking to me and I like almost didn't know what to say and she was like well you know you can get pregnant at any time if you're not using protection I was like 
will know I've learned that like there's literally four maybe five days of the month that you can get pregnant which people nobody knows because in health class they're like you can get pregnant any time of the day I was just like I was looking for information about like what how to start getting my body ready and is there anything I should cut out to be like optimal and um it was just like this really weird like shame thing that like I wasn't being responsible enough and um so that's one of the things that kind of propelled me to wanting to start the podcast just because um I felt like there needed to be more options than that so yeah it's just very strange to um to be in the position where you're like okay I'm ready and they're like, all right, start trying and we'll see you in six months if it doesn't work and then we'll do testing. And to me, it was always like, well, wouldn't you test people's hormones first to realize like, hey, you're n- never going to have a baby at this, at, with these levels? <laughs> it just made no sense to me. It seems so backwards. But um, yeah, it's it's a weird space to be in where you're like, I'm ready to start trying, but I don't know how to to do it. Am I doing it right? And I know so many people who like after six months were like, how is this not working? Go and get test blood work and get testing done. And they're like, oh, I, like there was no chance I could have gotten pregnant because of X, Y, Z factors. So um, yeah, it's a very interesting space in that like preconception, trying to conceive beginning stage, um, just because there's like no information out there about how to get to your goal, but then also what to do when it's not working. Yeah. And exactly like you said, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, we'll see you again in six months. But um, yeah, those six months can be so hard to really get through when, you know, you're, you're trying to conceive, you feel like you're doing everything possible and it's just not happening. And like we were saying too, you only have that small window of time. And I think before you know how you were saying like in health class or things like that like how we're kind of raised and told it it's like oh you can get pregnant at any time like be careful watch out like you're just being almost like scared about pregnancy and and all the the hassles that are going to come with it and and everything that's you know wrong with getting pregnant so when you're actually trying to it's a whole different perspective and just sort of, you know, mindset that you have to like flip and turn your head around. And, and then it's like, wow, like I thought people said this was going to be easy or like, why is this not happening yet? And then you get exhausted. Like for our first, we were pretty lucky and she was conceived very quickly. But for our second, it was probably about four months of trying And it wasn't until that fourth month, like I actually bought an ovulation kit, which was something that I never thought about, tried, considered. And, you know, I took the ovulation test like at the same time every day for like a week. And then all of a sudden I got the little smiley face and I was so off compared to when I thought I was supposed to be ovulating, but I had been breastfeeding for 15, 16 months. My cycle like just started coming back. Like I just started like getting back in like the rhythm of things. And so what I had been tracking (laughs) was just incorrect. So it's just kind of like, you know, even when it comes to that, like it could be so easy for your first 
and then take a while for your second or vice versa. Like I know some people that might have uh, used like IVF for their first or, or things like that. And then they just accidentally got pregnant for their second. And they're like, how in the world did this happen? You know, like or like thinking that they couldn't and then all of a sudden they could. And it's just it's crazy the lack of, I would say, education that we receive on how to conceive a baby or or how to navigate motherhood in general. Yeah, I agree. And I think that um, what kind of struck me going back to that like preconception appointment hat that I had, what kind of struck me was like that you can get pregnant at any time and having gone through the like the trying to conceive process and figuring out like when I'm ovulating and and the basal body temperature and the the like cervical mucus and factoring in like the days of your like it is a science (laughs) to say like you can get pregnant at any time I mean I I guess there's some anomalies but like it's pretty scientific as to when you can get pregnant and there was like zero education on it it was just like shame of like you don't want to get pregnant but you're not using any birth control and there was no education component and granted I know they have 15 minutes for an appointment there's only so much you can do and to say like have sex when you're ovulating like most people don't even know when they are or how to figure out that they are so um yeah there's definitely like an educational component that's missing and uh, I recently did a uh preparing for pregnancy series on the podcast where I was like trying to get as as many professionals together to like give information on your cycle and and getting your body ready and just all the things that they don't tell you in a doctor's office that I was looking for when I was in that phase I think it's changing a little bit more I think there's more visibility of people who um are trying to educate a little bit more um, through social media and and whatever channels that um, I'm hopeful it will continue to to change. So how beneficial has it been to you to do all this research and figure out all this information and really, you know, get a jump start on everything? Yeah. So I keep joking that I probably know too much from my guests and just like being in the birth space that I've learned a lot in, um, Sometimes for me, I'm, it's a little overwhelming. So w- back in um, January of 2022, we decided to start trying. I had just finished the um, planning for pregnancy series that we did. And um, I was pretty sure of a hard time conceiving. I had had um, a cyst removal a few years ago. It was like the size of a grapefruit, which is like shocking. Um, and it was attached to my uterus and one of my fallopian tubes. And my tube had to be repaired during the surgery. So I was like pretty confident that I would have a hard time. And um, we were very lucky that it was like it literally happened on the first try. <laughs> and so we kept and we did not track that whatsoever. So um, we were very lucky there. Um, but I was just shocked because I, I fully expected to do less than the average. Um, so when I did finally get pregnant and had started telling people, the comment people would make was like, oh my God, you're going to be so prepared. And like, you know, so much information and you've had people on the podcast. And 
yes, I probably know a little bit more than the average person, but like it's different when you're doing it yourself. Um, so while I do feel maybe a little more prepared than the average person, like I'm still overwhelmed. There's still a lot of decisions to make. And um, I'm hearing other people's stories and experiences that don't necessarily like match up with me and what's happening with me and what I want for my pregnancy and delivering and all of that stuff. So um, I do feel, like I said, a little more prepared than the average person, but also like I'm still freaking out. (laughs) I'm still like, am I ready? And still gathering as much information for myself. So it's different doing it for the podcast and receiving um, a lot of information from other people's experiences and then going through it yourself. so like the people who don't know a lot about like pregnancy, like I'm a little envious of because you're like going in blind and you don't know what's coming. And I know a lot about what can happen. So I think it it brings a little bit of like anxiety of the stories that are like kind of anomalies or like crazy stories that I like could possibly happen. So um, yeah, yeah, it's been interesting for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's one of the things that like I go back and forth with because it's like you don't want to scare that new mom and tell her all the things that could happen or like if you understand your birth story specifically was an anomaly and, you know, I mean, for my first, it was 24 hours of labor, not progressing, getting to a point of, hey, like we think you need to have a cesarean. I waited a few extra hours and then it was like, okay, like this is the route that we have to go. And that was something that I had to go through. And so like that, I understand like is not normal, but it happens. Yeah. And I think there's like a, an interesting middle ground that I admittedly haven't found yet of um, like not wanting to scare new moms, but then also being honest about the experience. And I think people are just, I mean, with with your podcast, obviously, I think people are just now starting to be honest about postpartum and what it looks like in a way that's like, matter of fact, and not like, oh, my God, I had the worst experience. Here's what's going to happen to you. It's just like, we're talking about it a little more matter of factly. It's a little more, um, I mean, everything's going to be anecdotal, but like, this could happen. It could not. So I think I think um, we're talking about it a little bit more, whether like pregnancy, birth, whatever it might be. We're talking about things a little bit more in a like matter of fact manner instead of like the like hyperbole of right. And it's it's kind of like okay, here's the information. Take with it what you will, and you know use a little bit of this, use a little bit of that, and like I always like to you know what I'm learning and what I'm going through kind of cultivate it and make it my own. And I think a lot of the times people feel in general, we have to like fit ourselves into these little boxes of like, I'm going to be this kind of mom. I'm going to do these kinds of things. Like I'm going to have this kind of birth. And it's like, for my second, I had a hospital birth when it was unmedicated. And that was not like a hundred percent the plan. It was something that I had dreamed of, but like actually having that happen was like aligned with my plan but a lot of people will say if you want an unmedicated birth it has to be at home 
or like you have to be out of the traditional like medical field and things like that like oh like this is going to throw you off and that's never going to happen and I think it's just kind of taking it with a grain of salt and like as it is and being like I don't want to say sure of yourself but being in a place where you feel confident to go into the situation and understanding that it's a learning experience for all of us. Yeah. And I think you're totally right about everyone feeling like they need to fit in a certain box. I'm, I'm definitely guilty of that. And that, um, I mean, this is my first pregnancy. And so I, um, obviously a little bit know what to expect, but like when it's happening to you, it's very different. And, um, I definitely feel the pressure to be like, I'm going to be a minimalist mom and not have a lot of baby stuff and only have what we need and do the cloth diapering and have a baby that's very go with the flow and, and set things up in our life to make sure that like the baby is cared for, but also baby's coming into our life. How are we going to make sure that the baby is a flexible baby? <laughs> like there's so many different ways to become a parent and parent and I think um it evolves over time as to what it's going to look like but I think in the beginning it's hard not to want to fit yourself in a very specific box simply because you have no idea what's coming so it's like I have this philosophy of how I would like to raise my kids but when I'm having a really bad day and the kid is screaming and not napping and whatever the issue might be like I might be a little bit different of a parent than I had planned nine months ago. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it helps to have something to kind of aspire to or something to envision. And I think for a lot of us, it feels comforting to have those like plans in place of if this happens, we're going to do this or this is like when it comes to you know, feeding, this is how we want to feed them or, or anything of, of an, a range of topics. And I think, you know, it helps to look at books or follow plans and, and things like that, just so that we're not going into it blind. Yeah. And I think that, um, like with birth, it's such like a, um, unpredictable, like, you know, what's coming kind of, but there's so many factors to play in. And I think one of the hardest decisions I'm going to have to make is uh, my birthplace and location. Um, Because one of the things that I didn't expect was like, reality popping in and that like, I would love to have a birth center birth. But the two birth centers we have here in Illinois are an hour away from me. And so the thought of, or the, like the logistics or reality of like, do you want to be driving in an hour in Chicago traffic and, and active labor? Like, is that feasible? Um, so I think there's, um, while there's a lot more birth options to fit what you feel is right for you, there's a lot of things that you don't expect to be factored in. And um, I'm definitely learning that. Like what I thought I would have an easy decision choosing is turning out not to be and so I think that that's one of those like flexibility things where like making your birth what you want it to be in 
in this space that's available to you. So like you said, maybe, maybe it does have to wind up being a hospital birth, but like I'm seeing a midwife, I can hire a doula who can advocate for me when I feel like I can't or whatever it might be. I think, um, I think we can definitely have the births that we want in the environment um, that maybe wasn't ideal in the beginning, but um, yeah, that flexibility to be like, like you even said, you didn't plan, like nobody really plans to have a C-section if they're um, going for a vaginal birth, but like that might just happen. And so, um, yeah, seeing all the factors and figuring out what's like right for you and uh, not just like your personal values, but also like the logistics of things that you don't really think about till it's happening. Yeah. And I think it's amazing that you've come to that realization now in the stage that you're at because I think that's something that a lot of the times mothers don't parents just don't consider and don't even realize that they have to factor in those things or that there is those different possibilities I think a lot of the times we just think oh like the local hospital like that's where I'm going to deliver or like I'm just kind of find an OB or whatever OB like I've been going to like they're just going to be the ones that deliver my baby and when wherever they are delivering whichever hospital they're associated with that's that's just where I'm gonna go and like they kind of are are so blind going into it that they don't even understand that there are other possibilities so you know I think in that sense you're getting to choose you know like you said it might be an hour drive but you have like you were saying you know like oh like I wish I didn't know as much as I did it's like you get to choose and I think that's the main thing that I want to provide parents with mothers with in the sense of here's this buffet of information and you get to choose how you want to parent you get to choose you know how you want to bring your child into this life and and how you want to raise them and what you want to do. Yeah, there's going to be different circumstances and different things that come up. But when we're given a choice and we know more, I think we're able to feel more empowered and really be able to feel like we had a say in the process. And I think ultimately that, like I said, it's more empowering. It makes us feel more like we are doing what we want yeah I agree and I think that there's um I'm really fascinated by the and I don't know if it's because I'm literally in the space or I'm just like fascinated by the transition you make from like being a pregnant person to being a mom and it's not necessarily like the birth that obviously the birth does it but like you're starting to I always say you're a different person after having a baby. Like, yes, you're still you, but like everything else is different. So I think um, I'm very fascinated by the the transition, like mental transition you make in pregnancy that you almost have to start advocating for yourself and being confident in your decisions. And everyone is going to give you advice whether you want it or not. And so being able to differentiate between, okay, this is what worked for this person, this family member, or this friend. It's not really in line with what I want. And I don't need to justify that. I think, um, I think it's, it's a very interesting phenomenon of watching people who are pregnant turn into moms before they're even 
giving birth because of those decisions that you have to make and figuring out like that doesn't work for me this works for me that doesn't and kind of like melding together what your like values and choices and decisions are prior to even becoming a parent yeah yeah I completely agree with that and I think it's something that I did not realize until I transitioned into motherhood myself and it was you know learning to know your new self you said you you know you're still you but there's different things about you and now you have this life that you are completely responsible for you know like you're not 100% independent anymore and you have this person that you know is solely dependent on you and I think that's unique as humans too you know like there's only a few other mammals I think that that their children are with them as long as they are and that they need to be supported by their mothers to survive or their fathers, you know, like their parents, like they need another individual in their life to ensure their survival. Yeah. I, I listened to a podcast. Um, of course I can't think of it right now, but um, her name is Adriana Lozado. And she did a whole episode on like the different types of birthing animals like you said, we're like literally one of the only ones who have to physically raise our children to a year old. And um, I was telling my husband about it. I was like, could you imagine like if our babies were like giraffes and just like came out or walking around? Like that's, that's some real perspective of realizing how huge transition of being completely autonomous and then having this thing that needs you 100% of the time for a year or more like that is crazy so um yeah it's interesting to see that that shift yeah so what would you say to kind of help encourage women or, or just people in general who aren't even considering becoming a parent yet to be more interested in the baby making process and be more interested in just, you know, what it means to be a parent, even if it just starts with asking their own parents what their birth story was like and, you know, everything that comes with that. Yeah, I think um, just from hearing a lot of guest stories um, from my podcast is a lot of people say that they wish they I wish I knew X, Y, Z before this happened to me, or I wish I knew more about this specific area. So while you're not going to know everything about everything, I think getting a basic, like maybe finding someone on Instagram who you kind of vibe with, that's a an influencer of sorts. Maybe it's a doula, maybe it's a birth professional who you kind of vibe with to get some like cool tidbits here and there. I think that's kind of what did it for me that I I mean, I've always been interested, but getting back into like the birth space, I found a couple of people that I found interesting and they would have like really cool random infographics or information on social media. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. I know nothing about this. Let me research it. But like you said, I think there is a component to choice and that at some point you're going to have to make your own choice. And um I think we hear a lot about like birth trauma and while birth trauma is 
very unfortunate and a lot of times not um, foreseeable, I think that there are some things that we can do ahead of time to be like, no, that's not what I want. And because you have the information, I think the easiest way to like ease yourself into it is to find a personality or influencer in the birth world on social media and getting those small tidbits of information that will empower you to to hear more about it and find out more about it. Yeah, I think that's definitely a great suggestion and somewhere to start. And again, yeah, I think I could say the same, like, I wish I would have known more, or I wish I would have, you know, at least even considered the possibility of something going differently than I thought it would. I I had the, you know, preconceived notion that I was just going to walk into the hospital and pop a baby out, and that would be it. And that was the extent of it. And I think because conceiving my first was so easy and like the pregnancy went so well it was just kind of like okay this is just another step this is just another another thing that I need to go in and do and and it's gonna happen how everything else has happened so I think just like awareness and being more open to different possibilities would have been helpful Yeah. And I think what's important to mention is that there's no right or wrong way to do something. I think you just have to, like we've mentioned before, I think you have to figure out what your ideals and priorities are and go with your gut. I I, I mean, babies or family or not, like going, I'm so much about going with your gut. Like, you know, inside of you, what your decisions or desires or values are. And I think allowing yourself some time to like reflect on that, whether you're in, you're in it, you're pregnant, you're having a baby or haven't thought about it yet. Um, I think getting like really in tune with yourself so that there, whatever decision you make or choice you make, there is no right or wrong. Like you're making the decision for you, like your sister or cousin or aunt may not have made that same choice, but like you are the one that needs to feel confident in what you've chosen. So I think to just simply say there's no right or wrong, it's just what you have chosen. Um, I'm also like speaking to myself as well. Like it's your decision what you want to do. And yes, you can welcome all of these thoughts and opinions. And I do it on a weekly podcast where I'm just like asking people for information. And then you're able to determine what you want to do so that there is no like wrong decision that you've made. And maybe you look back and you're like, eh, I wish I didn't do that then you know for next time or you know to share it with somebody else kindly and compassionately like oh I made this decision I wish I would have done this maybe next time or I I I made a decision that I felt like afterwards maybe wasn't the right thing but I'm moving on from it so I think there's a lot of different ways to look at it and just knowing that if you've self-reflected have all the options in front of you and you've made a choice like it's not a wrong choice it's just what goes at that time that felt right for you what has the process been like already for you and what are some things that you're envisioning for your birth and postpartum and what kind of things are you digging into now that you maybe thought weren't uh even questions before yeah so I um am really kind of obsessed with postpartum right now and um I because I know a lot about birth and like what you can expect in a birthing situation, 
I think the one area I don't know as much as I want to is about postpartum and I know it's a whirlwind and I do have, a. I probably have more fears about postpartum than I do about birth truthfully. So um, I'm really digging into like the self-care component and um, how to, I think, I think what I'm working on most is communication with my partner so that like we have good communication now, but like we're going to need it times 10 when this baby comes and we both don't do well with sleep and we we're very crabby people and we don't sleep our, our necessary amount. So I think we're working a lot now to figure out how to navigate those situations and talk about like, Hey, if this happens, here's what we would like to do. Knowing that like when we're in it, it's going to be different. So we can say like, Hey, this is what we talked about before. Let's check back in and be like, Hey, is this working? What can we do differently? Which I'm sure uh, will be a little different in practice, but <laughs> um, see, I'm I'm learning a lot more about postpartum, and um, I'm hoping the more information I know, the the less afraid I am of it. Um, and then with birth, like I said, I I'm very I'm a nerd. I'm a spreadsheet nerd, and made like a pros and cons chart of the three birth options I have, which are a hospital birth a birth center birth and a home birth and um, have just been putting in pros and cons for the last few um, weeks or months um, just to kind of get me closer to it. But what I guess I didn't realize when we first started this process was that I would have to factor my partner into it. And I know a lot of people are like, you're birthing the baby. It's your experience. But like, I also don't want a husband have have a home birth and have a husband who's like absolutely terrified that I'm gonna die. <laughs> like that's not um I want I want the decision we make of where we choose to have our baby to be a collective decision. I think at the end of the day he'll choose whatever I most comfortable with or what I want. But I also like I said, I don't want a husband who's like terrified of what's happening. I need like a calm presence. I need to be on the same page. So um so yeah, we're kind of navigating the waters of where we'd like to birth. So we haven't decided quite yet, but there will be a doula involved for sure. That's amazing. And I think that's so exciting. And I think, you know, communication goes a long way and is something that is very, very vital in in the postpartum and just birth in general, but the postpartum period. Yes. And I think opening up that door now and and realizing one, just how to communicate and how to ask for help it can be very vulnerable of a time period for you and your partner. And I think just understanding each other, connecting with each other as much as possible now and, and getting those questions answered. And I like to call it like a fear clearing, like, you know, why are you afraid of it? Writing down all those fears and saying like, what is it that I'm ultimately afraid of and how can I change that perspective so I think you are on an amazing track and I'm super excited for you yeah thank you yeah we're very excited we as of as of this recording we just told all of our family um so by this by the time this episode is out we'll have announced on on the podcast and and shared a little about it so uh yeah we're excited it's definitely new phase of life that you'll probably hear a lot more of that on my podcast as well (laughs) so um 
so yeah, we're excited. It's a lot of a lot of new stuff. I'm sure the podcast will transform a little bit as well. Yeah. So how can we find you? Where are you at on social media? You know, how can we listen to your podcast? Give us all the details. Yeah. So I am at the Baby Making Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can listen wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, most popular is Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon, Spotify, um, whatever's most convenient for you. Um, and then we have a link in our bio with um, the, our website if you want more information about us and what we're doing. Um, yeah, that's it. Perfect. Well, thank you so yeah. much. And, you know, I'm excited to see your journey and everything that comes with it. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. I'm super excited. I've been listening to your podcast for a little while and um, have have loved to hear everybody's experiences. And it's definitely on my list of things to like scroll through all of your episodes to, to get more information about postpartum and entering the motherhood phase thing. So I'm excited. Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful, and if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience. You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood. You want to talk on the podcast too. <laughs> Should that be a little blooper? Okay. <laughs> he hears me blab and he just wants to keep talking. Okay. We'll just start a podcast just for you. <laughs>